In these podcasts, we uncover one chapter after another from the life of the Prophet ﷺ in an attempt to learn about him, love him, and better ourselves through his example. Immersion, mentorship, companionship, and tarbiyah. These are just a few of the things we offer alongside knowledge of the prophetic biography at the Sirah Intensive. Two weeks dedicated to the study of the life of the Prophet ﷺ and his noble characteristics. So this winter, inshallah, join me in Dallas, Texas, alongside your classmates from all over the world to learn the story of the life of the best of humanity, the mercy to mankind, the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. Go to sirahintensive.com to register or for more info. Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Inshallah continuing with our study of the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Asiratu Nabawiyya, the prophetic biography. Um, for the folks who come to the class, I know that we uh, had a few weeks uh, of a gap, alhamdulillah. Uh, we were gone with the Umrah group uh, for the Qalam Umrah and Sirah tour. So alhamdulillah got back and uh, wanted to get back uh, to the Sira class and resume, inshallah, with the series. So to briefly uh, recap exactly where we left off. In the previous session, we started talking about the Battle of Hunain. Now to put that into proper context, the Battle of Hunain occurs towards the end of the eighth year of Hijrah. The eighth year of the Prophet ﷺ's residence in the city of Medina. What leads to the Battle of Hunain, of course you have to go back, I mean you can go all the way back, but even if you go back two years, there was a Treaty of Hudaybiyah as we talked about. The Treaty of Hudaybiyah was eventually violated by the Quraysh. The Prophet ﷺ took them to task by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for violating that treaty. And what that led to was the Prophet ﷺ, along with 12,000 Muslims uh, or 10,000 Muslims in some narrations, marching from Medina to the city of Mecca, which led in the eighth year, the month of Ramadan, in the eighth year of Hijrah, known as Zakh in the eighth year of Hijrah, in the month of Ramadan, known as Fatshu Makkah, the conquest of Makkah. So that occurs at that time. The Prophet ﷺ remains in the city of Makkah for the remainder of the month of Ramadan. And Alhamdulillah, establishes order there in the, in the city of Makkah and ev- settles everything down and really, um, you know, puts a lot of systems into place so that inshallah the city of Mecca can continue to operate peacefully. Now a few days after the month of Ramadan, a few days into the month of Shawwal, so about after 20 days in the, month, uh, in the city of Mecca, the Prophet ﷺ receives news of the fact that some of the Bedouin tribes from between Mecca and the city of Ta'if, known as the tribes of Hawazin, they have gathered together, at least some of them, have gathered together and formed an alliance and are planning an attack against the Muslims. The people of Ta'if, Banu Thaqif, they hear about this and they decide to go ahead and join into this as well. And so now this becomes a pretty formidable army and force. It is said to be around 4,000 people. The Prophet ﷺ at that time announces to the believers, announces to the Muslims that we're going to be heading out and facing them off. And about, there's the original 10,000 Muslims that had come for the conquest of Mecca, along with 2,000 Meccans who join in 
to the expedition, the campaign. So there's about 12,000 people who march out with the Prophet ﷺ. They reach the place, the Wadi of Hunayn, and that is where they face off against this force, this army. And that is basically where we left off. Now, we're going to be talking about the Qur'anic narrative in regards to the Battle of Hunayn as well, which is mentioned in Surah At-Tawbah by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But as has been kind of the uh, habit, the practice, the tradition here in the seerah, how we cover it in this particular series is, whenever there is an event from the life of the Prophet ﷺ that is extensively detailed within the Qur'an as well. A narrative within the Qur'an is presented about that event. What I like to do is go ahead and go through a thorough study of the event. Then we go to the passage of the Qur'an and read through it and translate it. And you're just absolutely blown away by how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about it and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala summarizes it and some of the lessons and the reflections and the reminders, the timeless wisdom that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala presents in regards to that particular event as a reflection on the, upon that event. So we're going to pick up from here where we had left, last time where we had left off where they arrived there and now the two armies are basically there in the place of Hunayn about to face off against one another. So now we'll start from here where the narration mentions and this is uh, from the narrative of Ibn Ishaq. He says, وَأَقْبَلَ رَسُولَ that the Prophet ﷺ and the believers arrived there within the valley in the very early morning, uh, in the very early hours of the morning, like what we would basically call Fajr time. And so they arrived there and basically the armies face off against one another and at that time the battle commences. Now, what ends up happening, the people of Hawazin were known for you know, their valor, they were, they were fierce warriors, um, and being Bedouins, you know, the, the best analogy I can kind of give in terms of what it mentions is well, <clears throat> what we would a lot of times refer to as like almost like guerrilla warfare instead of like an army that is lined up, marching in rows and fighting. And then you have like an, a, a force that is a little bit more crafty. Um, and that attacks in very un, uh, unconventional ways. That's how the people of Hawazin fought. So that's how they come at them and they attack them. The second thing is that the people of Thaqif, and we're going to be talking about this later because we'll talk about the next campaign or the next event that follows after this, which is known as the expedition or the campaign of At-Ta'if. That was specifically in regards to the people of Thaqif. So we'll talk about it there. But just as a very preliminary note, the people of Thaqif were known as expert archers. And not only that, when we talk about Ta'if, their hometown, what we're going to talk about is that they had a huge fortress in Ta'if. So their entire defense strategy was built around the plan and the idea that they had this gigantic fortress, these huge walls, and they would basically secure themselves behind these walls. And what they had figured out, what they had perfected, what they had mastered, was an attack by means of archery. So they would have rows of archers. Almost think of it, to kind of give it a name, it was almost like synchronized archery. So what they would do is they would have you know, these rows lined up and they would alternate. And they had this pattern where they would alternate launching arrows. So that what that would do is like if the first row launches, 
Then the second row launches after that, which gives time to the first row to reload. And then the third row launches, which gives the time to the second row. And then that way they would just keep on alternating. And it, would just, it was like a random array that, would, that seemed like it, but it was very synchronized. And the effect of that was that the forces that were marching on the fortress would basically be dealing with a constant barrage of arrows just coming down on them, non-stop. So it wasn't almost kind of like a, a, a flurry of arrows would come, so you withhold, you withstand that, and now you have your opportunity to move forward. There was no gap. There was always something coming down. So, base, and we'll talk more about it when we get to the campaign of Ta'if. So, the people of Hawazin were very crafty, almost like guerrilla warfare. The people of Thaqif were these expert archers. The combination of it kind of caught everyone by surprise. Then there's a third factor that's involved. Many of the Meccans who had come, these were new, these were people who were new to their Islam. They had just recently joined the Muslims. So they hadn't had the pedigree. They hadn't had the opportunity of the training and the mentorship and the spiritual development at the hands of the Prophet So, But because this was the very first time that they were participating in a campaign, there was that zealousness. They were very excited. And they said, you know, we want to participate. Not only do we want to participate, but we want to be at the forefront. We want to prove our worth. So they lined up at the front of the Muslim forces. Now when this very unexpected attack came, coupled with these arrows falling on them, people started to, it started to break them up, they started to scatter, and then they panicked. And once they panicked, what happened was that the narration mentions, Alright? Some of them started to turn and retreat backwards. Now when they started to turn and retreat backwards because of the number of Muslims, and this is something that we'll read about in the narrative of the Qur'an, where Allah says, that on the day, remember the day of Hunayn, when you were very impressed by your numbers, that there were some conversation that had even happened amongst the Muslims, saying that this is the first time in our history, the first time amongst all the different campaigns and expeditions that we've been involved with, where we are the majority, where we have the greater numbers. The numbers are on our side. We've won all these different battles. And we've always been outnumbered three to one, four to one, five to one. And for the first time we outnumber them. Imagine what's going to happen today. Imagine what's going to happen today. We actually have numbers on our side. Can you imagine? So there was an element of that. That had kind of had a ripple effect through the army as well. But the thing is Allah mentions their great numbers. But the thing is that sometimes your very large numbers can work against you. So when those people turned and started to retreat... There was a huge army. So what happened? People started running into people. People started running over people. People started falling on each other. And it caused even more disarray. Not only that, but the narration also mentions that some of the people that were in the front, they were on horses. And because they were on horses when they turned and started running backwards, going the other way with their horses, they started running, running into people, trampling people, horses started crashing into horses, the animals were freaking out, and before you knew it, there was just complete disarray. The Prophet 
was towards the right side of the army. And people were going, you know, by the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ started to say to them, Aina ayyuhannas? Oh people, where do you think you're going? Halummu ilayya, come to me, come to me, rally around me. Ana Rasulullahi, Ana Rasulullahi, Ana Muhammad ibn Abdullahi. I am the Messenger of God, I am the Messenger of God, I am Muhammad the son of Abdullah. Because many of them were Meccans as well, so he's reminding them. And so, وَرَكِبَتِ ibilu بَعْدُهَا بَعْدًا The animals started to crash into one another and you know, uh, started to trample each other. And at that time it mentions that النَّاسِ When the Prophet ﷺ saw what was going on with the people, وَمَعَهُ رَهْتٌ مِّنْ أَهْلِ بَيْتِهِ The Prophet ﷺ was surrounded by some of the Ahlul Bayts, the family, the noble family of the Prophet ﷺ. People like Ali bin Abi Talib, Abu Sufyan ibn al-Harith, not the Abu Sufyan, the one who was the leader of the Quraysh. This is Abu Sufyan ibn al-Harith ibn Abdul Muttalib. He was a cousin of the Prophet ﷺ. His name was also Abu Sufyan. His brother, Abu, that's Abu Sufyan, another cousin of the Prophet ﷺ, whose name was Rabi'ah. Rabi'ah ibn al-Harith. Fadl bin Abbas. Abdullah bin Abbas's older brother Fadl was with them as well. And Ayman, the son of Ummu Ayman, the woman who had taken care of the Prophet ﷺ, who had raised the Prophet ﷺ, her son Ayman was with them as well. Usama ibn Zayd, her other son, the son of Zayd bin Haritha, he was there with the Prophet ﷺ. And amongst them also, there was Abbas, the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ. And then there were some of the muhajirun that were close to the Prophet ﷺ, the senior muhajirun like Abu Bakr and Umar. So these were some of the companions who were in the immediate vicinity, in the immediate surrounding of the Prophet And it said that the Prophet was riding a mule. He was riding a, a donkey. And it was a white colored donkey. The Prophet was riding this animal. The rope of the animal, Abbas was holding the rope of the animal. And... Uh, the Prophet ﷺ was sitting on the animal and Abbas was kind of holding the animal in place so that the animal would not buck, would not freak out because of all the chaos that was happening. And all of this was going on and the Prophet ﷺ started to call on the people and started to yell at the people and tell them that, come join me, come join me, come join me. It is at that particular time that the Prophet ﷺ decided to kind of rally the troops. And, some, and the Prophet ﷺ started to call out to the people. And the narrations mentioned that Abbas ﷺ, who was standing right there next to the Prophet ﷺ, holding the reins of the, the donkey the Prophet ﷺ was riding. Abbas was a very tall man. So you know, somebody who's taller is, is better for kind of projecting their voice. And then number two, Abbas, not only was he tall, but at the same time, he also had a very loud, booming voice. Loud. And so some narrations mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ told Abbas to repeat after him, to repeat his words. And so the Prophet ﷺ started to, and now that it mentions that some of the enemy, Imam Ahmad in one of the narrations, he mentions in his musnad that some of the enemy spotted the Prophet ﷺ, they spotted him. And now some of the enemy, they started to kind of pile up. فَجَعَلُوهَا صُفُوفًا يُكَثِّرُونَ عَلَىٰ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ They started to kind of advance towards the Prophet ﷺ. So the Prophet ﷺ started to say, يَا عِبَادَ اللَّهِ O slaves of Allah, O slaves of God, أَنَا عَبْدُ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُهُ I am the slave of Allah and His Messenger. 
And then the Prophet ﷺ called out to the Ansar, Ya Ma'ashar al-Ansar, where are my Ansar? Ana Abdullahi wa Rasuluhu, I am the slave of God and his messenger. And then the Prophet ﷺ, Imam Bukhari has a narration about this particular event. Barra ibn Azib radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Barra ibn Azib was a young sahabi, he was a warrior, young warrior sahabi. Uh, very close and very special to the Prophet ﷺ, he was asked by someone later on. Imam Bukhari mentions his narration that after the time of the Prophet ﷺ, a man from the tribe of Qais, he asked Bara ibn Azib, Didn't you people run away from the Prophet ﷺ on the day of Hunayn? And Bara ibn Azib said that, he says, you know what, you can say whatever you want to me, لَكِنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى لَمْ يَفِرْ But the Prophet ﷺ never ran from the battlefield. Yeah, we might have had moments of weakness here and there. We might have, because Barab bin Azib was from the Ansar, right? And the Prophet was like, where am I Ansar? He said, we might have had some lapses in judgment, some moments of weakness, but the Prophet never ran from the battlefield. So you watch your mouth, you be careful about what you say next. And then he says, كانت هوازنو رُمَاتًا He said that when the army of Hawazin came, they were expert archers. وَإِنَّا لَمَّا حَمَلْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ إِنْكَشَفُوا فَأَكْبَبْنَا عَلَى الْغَنَائِمْ فَاسْتَقْبَلَتْنَا بِالسِّهَامِ And he basically says that finally when we regained our senses, when we gathered ourselves together and we got together and we pushed back, then we were able to overrun them and we defeated them and we won the battle. But he says that, وَلَقَدْ رَأَيْتُ He says there was a moment where everybody kind of lost their bearings. And he says, I remember seeing the Prophet ﷺ in the battlefield. عَلَىٰ بَغْلَتِهِ الْبَيْضَةِ He was sitting on that white donkey. وَإِنَّ أَبَا سُفْيَانَ آخِذٌ بِزِمَامِهَا At this time he says that Abbas had handed the reins, the rope of the donkey, over to the cousin of the Prophet ﷺ, his nephew, Abu Sufyan. And he says, he was holding the rope of the donkey. And the Prophet ﷺ was saying the following words in another narration of Shu'bah. The, uh, the Prophet ﷺ, it mentions that he was saying, The Prophet ﷺ was saying, I am the Prophet of God and this is not a lie. I do not lie. And I am the grandson of Abdul Muttalib. And the Prophet ﷺ by saying, I am the Prophet of God and I do not lie to you. The Prophet ﷺ was rallying the Muslims and the older Muslims, the Muhajirun, the Ansar. And by saying, Anabnu Abdul Muttalib, some of the new Muslims from Makkah that had joined, he was reminding them, hey, hey, remember Abdul Muttalib, the great leader Abdul Muttalib. Would you ever run, would you, would you ever run away from Abdul Muttalib? Would you ever abandon the side of Abdul Muttalib? You would never do that. I am the grandson of Abdul Muttalib. Come stand by me. And the Prophet ﷺ was saying this and he was repeating this over and over again. And that's when he told Abbas, I need you to call this out for me. And Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, tall, booming voice. And he started to shout at the top of his lungs that the Prophet ﷺ is calling you. He's saying, And then Barra says something amazing happened in the narration of Bukhari. He says, Then the Prophet ﷺ got down from the donkey. And he said, it's go time. The Prophet ﷺ got down from the donkey, got off the ride, and he said, let's go now. 
And in the hadith of Sahih Muslim, Barra bin Azib, he says, ثُمَّ نَزَلَ فَاسْتَنْصَرَ Then the Prophet ﷺ got down off the animal, فَاسْتَنْصَرَ Then he led the army. He led the army. He's the one who then led the attack. And he kept repeating, saying over and over again, And then the Prophet ﷺ raised his hands and he made dua. He said, Allahumma nazil nasrak. Allahumma nazil nusrak. Oh Allah, send down your help, send down the victory, send down your assistance. And Barra says something so beautiful, so powerful about the Prophet ﷺ. He says, وَلَقَدَ كُنَّا إِذَا حَمِيَ الْبَأْسُ بِرَسُولِ He says, you want me to tell you something? I got no shame in admitting this. Whenever the battle would become very severe, we used to hide behind the Prophet ﷺ. And he says, وَإِنَّ الشُّجَاعَ الَّذِي يُحَاذِي بِهِ Because the Prophet ﷺ was that warrior, that brave warrior that you would seek protection from, behind. We got no shame in admitting. When the battle got going, there was nobody more courageous than the Prophet ﷺ. And we used to, not that they didn't want to protect the Prophet ﷺ, but he said just sometimes you, became, you become overwhelmed and you're looking for some cover, and that cover was the Prophet ﷺ. That's how amazing the Prophet ﷺ was. Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu says that I was there um, on that particular day when this battle occurred and I saw everything that was happening. And he says that when the Prophet sallallahu when, when this whole disarray happened and when things started to go crazy, he says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam started to call out to the believers. Ya Bani Abdul Rahman, Ya Bani Abdullah. These were the rally cries, kind of the, 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 the slogans, the rally cries of the Ansar. Aus and Khazraj. Ya Bani Abdul Rahman, Ya Bani Abdullah. And he says that the Prophet ﷺ raised his hands up into the sky and he started to make dua there in the middle of the battlefield. And he said, Allahumma inni anshuduka ma wa'attani. Oh Allah, I ask you to fulfill your promise to me. Allahumma la yambaghi lahum an yadharu alayna. Oh Allah, they cannot win today. They cannot win today. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he started to call on the Sahaba, and this is really amazing. The Prophet ﷺ now started to call on the Sahaba. Abdullah bin Masood says, now that it was time to push forward, now that it was go time, the Prophet ﷺ said, I need my special Sahaba. I need the ones that have been by my side for the last two decades. I need the ones that I've always been able to count on. And he said, Ya Ashab al-Bay'ati yawm al-Hudaybiyyah. Where are my sahaba who gave, put their hands in my hand on the day of Hudaybiyah and gave me the oath of allegiance? Where are those? Ya ashab al-bay'ati yawm al-Hudaybiyah. And he said, Allah, 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 Allah. He said, Allah, oh Allah, you be the witness. Al-karratu ala nabiyyikum. This difficult moment has come upon your Prophet. Where are you people? Allah is your witness. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, Ya Ansar Allah, where are those who help the deen of Allah? Ya Ansar, wa Ansara Rasulihi, where are the Ansar of the Prophet ﷺ? Ya Banil Khazraj, where are my Khazraji companions? Ya Ashaba Suratil Baqarah. Ajeeb, this is very interesting. He said, where are the people of Suratul Baqarah? 
Where are the people of Surah Al-Baqarah? And what the Prophet ﷺ meant by that, that there's many different explanations that the, uh, that the Mufassirun give of this, the scholars give of this. Why did the Prophet ﷺ invoke Surah Al-Baqarah? What did he mean by that? There's so many things in Surah Al-Baqarah that this could be alluding to. The very beginning passage, like those people, where are those people? It could also be making reference to that وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبًا قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ The people who stand firm اِسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ The people who stand firm in the face of hardship and turn to Allah with patience and with prayer and seek the help and the assistance from Allah. It's also the, the fact that in Surah Al-Baqarah Allah mentions the covenant. وَإِذَا خَدْنَا مِيثَاقَكُمْ the mithaq, the covenant, the promise that Allah has demanded, that Allah has taken. Now is time to live up to the promise you made to God. Now is time to fulfill your covenant with Allah. So, ya ashab surah al-Baqarah. Now, Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu says that when the Prophet ﷺ got down off the animal and he made this demand, he's, uh, Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu says, ثَبَتَ مَعَهُ ثَمَانُونَ رَجُلًا مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ He said about 80, Abdullah bin Mas'ud says, I was one of them, about 80 muhajirun and ansar gathered around the Prophet ﷺ. فَنَكَصْنَا عَلَىٰ أَقْدَامِنَا نَحْوًا مِنْ ثَمَانِينَ قَدَمًا وَلَمْ نُوَلِّهِمُ الدُّبُرَىٰ وَهُمُ الَّذِي أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّكِينَةِ And Abdullah bin Mas'ud says that those 80 people then dug their heels into the ground and they pushed forward, they refused to give up, and those 80 people won the battle. 80 people. It was those 80 people that won the battle. Once again, the reminder of the fact, it's never been about quantity, it's always been about quality. It's never been about the quantity, it's always been about the quality. The quality of the people. And so he says, 80 people won the battle. And he says, we were those 80 people that Allah sent His tranquility down upon. And we're going to read the ayat after we're done with this study, inshallah, maybe potentially in the next session uh, of the battle of Hunayn. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran makes reference of the fact, فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ سَكِينَتَهُ عَلَىٰ رَسُولِهِ وَعَلَىٰ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَأَلْزَمَهُمْ كَلِمَةَ تَتَّقَوَىٰ وَكَالُوا أَحَقَّ بِهَا وَأَهْلَىٰ Right, that God sent down His tranquility upon them. Peace and tranquility. He says that, that was us, those 80 people who stood by the side of the Prophet ﷺ. And he mentions a miracle of the Prophet ﷺ at this particular occasion. He says after those 80 people got together, the Prophet ﷺ reached down to the ground and he scooped up a handful, a fistful of dust. And then the Prophet ﷺ threw the dust forward in the direction of the enemy army. And the narration mentions that فَحَصَبَ بِهَا وُجُوهَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ وَنَوَاحِيَهُمْ كُلَّهَا And he says that it was miraculous. And again, we're going to read that ayah. وَمَا رَمَيْتَ إِذْ رَمَيْتَ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ رَمَا It was not you who threw that dust, it was God when you threw it, but rather it was Allah. What happens is, again, just like we read about the hijrah as well, when he threw that dust forward, Abdullah bin Masood says that dust, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala scattered it so that it hit the face of each and every single one of the enemies. And it's like, it almost like cast like a cloud over them and around them, leading them into confusion. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, Shahatil wujuh. These faces have been humiliated, have been disgraced. 
Now's the time to push forward. And then the Prophet ﷺ says, The Prophet ﷺ says, Now the iron is hot. Now the iron is hot. What, did he, what do we say? What do you do when the iron's hot? You strike. Strike when the iron's hot. The Prophet ﷺ said, Now the iron's hot. Now the time's come. He's made that dua. He's gathered together the cream of the crop. He said, Bismillah. He invoked that miracle and that help from Allah. Now the Prophet ﷺ said, Now the iron's hot. Now it's go time. Let's do this. And then they went forward and they literally ran over the army and the battle was concluded and the battle was over. And that was essentially the conclusion of the battle of Hunayn. And so... Inshallah, what we're going to talk about in the coming session, that's pretty much all I had for today. All right, it took a lot of uh, reading and stuff and I didn't get any further. But what we're going to talk about next is essentially the fact that when that battle was done, the Hawazin, those Bedouin tribes, they got scattered. And many of them were captured. The Thaqif, the people of Ta'if, they held kind of the back of the army. And when they saw that things started to take a turn for the worst, they retreated from there. They retreated and ran back to Ta'if, and they went and locked themselves up in their fortress. And so after the Prophet ﷺ secured that area, that region of Hawazin, then the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims would now proceed on to the city of Ta'if. And this is a very powerful moment. It's that same city of Ta'if. They would pass by the same place. Where the people of Ta'if, a decade ago, had thrown rocks at the Prophet ﷺ. Right? And there's a very powerful moment when you think about the fact that these are the people who threw rocks at the Prophet ﷺ, made him bleed. That that's how they had treated the Prophet ﷺ. That's what they had done to him. That when the Prophet ﷺ has an opportunity to pray against them and invoke the wrath and the mercy of God against them, then what the Prophet ﷺ does, what he says at that moment. So inshallah we'll talk about in the next session. And with that we'll conclude for today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the ability to practice everything that's been said and heard. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Subhanakallah wa bihamdik. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Nasakfiru wa natubu ilayk.